Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcasts, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Kelsey Scott, and I am very pleased to have Hunter Hickman. Hello, everybody. And Alex Matthew. Hello. Welcome to Exploring Art Podcasts. How are you guys today? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. You? It's been a, been a good day. Excited about this episode. Good. Me too. Alex, how are you? Really excited to talk about pile of bricks. <laughs> so am I. All right. So today's case study is as follows. Consider the following possibility. Based on an exhibit at the Tate Gallery in 1976, a person already known, perhaps even famous, as a minimalist sculptor buys 120 bricks and on the floor of a well-known art museum arranges them in a rectangular pile, two bricks high, six across, and 10 lengthwise. He labels it pile of bricks. Across town, a bricklayer's assistant at a building site takes 120 bricks of the very same kind and arranges them in the very same way, wholly unaware of what has happened in the museum. He is just a tidy bricklayer's assistant. Can the first pile of bricks be a work of art while the second pile is not, even though the two piles are seemingly identical in all observable respects? Why or why not? Hunter, let's start with you. Can we consider one pile of bricks art and not the other? Um, yeah, I would say so. Um, I think it comes down to what is the intent of the of the person who's laying these bricks? Because you have one person who very much gets very special attention and the care to how you usually bricks. It's too high, six across, ten lengthwise. You know, it's a very specific type of brick with a specific color and, you know, and arranged in that certain way. And it brings intent. It brings, it, it brings life to the art. Whereas with this, with the bricklayer's assistant, it seems like he's just more doing a job. He's just, you know, tidying up. Coincidentally has just placed these bricks in a certain order that doesn't really have any value to him, isn't going to provide value to somebody who looks at it, and it's just, it's just there. Okay, very thoughtful interpretation. Um, Alex, would you say that you and Hunter are thinking on a similar track, or you have other ideas? Either way, I'd love to hear your take. Yeah, I definitely agree with uh, Hunter in some instance. I think the idea behind the pile of bricks is an interesting case study. It shows that anything can have meaning or significance attached to it if you give it to it. In this instance, it was the meeting in the art gallery and a coincidence in a different part of the city with an assistant who was just doing their job without any rhyme or reason. We give meaning to, uh, we give meaning to the art because it has a different purpose in, in being art. But with the bricklayer, we acknowledge similarity but know that it was no... It was unintentional. It has no further purpose in just doing it out of sacred means of the job. The art has meaning, even if the meaning eludes us, which shows the stark difference between the art and something that just is. The pile of bricks can be a pile of art or a pile of bricks, but can give it, but we give it another layer, knowing we give another layer of meaning when we talk about how in this instance we talk about pile of bricks in an art gallery and a pile of bricks in just uh, someone's while doing someone's job. Uh, uh, and something more than just a sense that it is an art because we're in some instance we're giving purpose to the event around the pile of bricks 
and as being storytellers in the sense that we're giving art further meaning that goes beyond why it's just a pile of bricks. Interesting. I think I'm going to have to agree to disagree with both of you, and I'll tell you why. Okay, so as you all remember, in our recent readings from Puzzles About Art, there are a list of questions pertaining to what makes art art and what aspects feed into our characterization of art. Two of those questions stuck out to me and seem relevant to our case study. Is it art only under certain conditions of display and should it matter if its creator intended it to be received or understood as art? In this case, our answers are dependent on what we choose to acknowledge. In his argument, Clive Bell describes art or, or, or works of art as possessing a single quality that unifies them under this classification. However, art itself is too complex to be defined so simply. So there are instances where, and this is a direct quote from chapter three, there are instances where we are willing to acknowledge that some things are artworks, although they lack the favored feature, or that some things that have it aren't art at all. With that, I guess we can say that Clive was wrong because it seems that what we view as art is purely subjective. But before we can kind of settle on that idea, let's look through the lens of George Dickey and his five definitions of the nature of art. In our case study, both the artist and the bricklayer's assistant had an understanding of their work and both works can be presented to the public. Where his, where his interpretation gets interesting is how the public will interact with each person's work. While in both cases, the public would understand what has been placed in front of them, the artist intended to present his art to the art world per se, while the bricklayer's assistant coincidentally built the same structure. Although the intentions were different, I'd venture to argue that both are works of art as they both require the same materials and skill level and the public may just interact with the bricklayer assistant's piece differently once aware of the artist's piece in the museum. Okay, so now that we've kind of covered how each of us are originally feeling about this case, um, how, how are we feeling about each other's interpretations? Hunter, let's start with you again. All right, um, I definitely feel that you brought up a good point about how um, about how, how everything can be art. Um, however, I would disagree with that. Um, I think that, that, like you said, that the bricklayers, that once everybody knows the meaning behind it, then it seems like that they would view it in a different light. But it still ends up, it's still like we go back to what you said earlier, is it a condition under display, under certain conditions of display? I would say so that one is being displayed as an art piece and as a to be shown to the public that that the public should go in with an understanding of oh hey there is a meaning behind this and there should bring and they should bring their own interpretations into this meaning that the artist um that the artist you know wanted to wanted them to understand whereas the bricklayers you're going to it's almost going to register in the brain as just another thing that you see on the sidewalk and that people will instinctively not really remember it, whereas they may remember the art piece because it is displayed. Okay. Alex, how are we feeling on this one? I think I definitely more agree with uh, Kelsey more than Hunter. I think in the aspect of like both uh, 
in my perspective, I think it kind of changed. I think uh, when you said that both pieces were art, I think it kind of made me realize that like subjectively everything can be art. And so when you look at him and I think it kind of ties back into like intention. So his intent for the bricklayer was just to do his job. And for the other person, it was to him make a sculpture and to make an art piece and it was in a gallery. So when you say that uh, everything we are, I agree with you in that sense, but when you say that there is a difference between the the art being power bricks and the, just the person doing his job because the intention is that he's just doing his job. He's doing a random like task and it just turns out to be like a coincidence as the, the power bricks. But when we look at power bricks, there's a meaning behind it. We might not know the meaning, but there's an intention and like a significance associated with it. And there's like a an intention for it to be in, put in display. Uh, and like the idea of like uh, it being art, it just tied to how like the subjectivity was like the people knowing about it, I guess. It's like no one's gonna know about the the pile, the brick layer versus the art installation, you know? Mm -hmm. I guess my thinking on this one was um, like I worked backwards. Instead of working from the artist to the bricklayer's assistant, I worked from the bricklayer's assistant to the um, to the artist because my thinking is if I'm walking down the street and I see something that looks exactly like the pile of bricks, now I'm considering whether or not the coined pile of bricks is art itself and not the other way around. Like, instead of considering is the bricklayer's assistant's work art, I'm thinking, did this artist even really create an art piece if anyone can do it? Because to me, um, art and the realm of art takes a certain skill set. So if anyone can do it, it kind of takes away the, um, the specialty of it all. Like, it, it takes away the the impact of it all if it's something that is so common but um I definitely see what both of you are saying because if the bricklayer's assistant ha is not intending to make an art piece he is he's not aware at all of the fact that what he's made is an exact replica of an art piece then do we really have any business calling it art and in that vein the meaning and the history behind why we create things is super important. And Hunter, I know you did some deep, deep diving into the history of the artist and the museum. Would you mind telling us what you found? Yeah, so actually I found this really interesting, especially um, from where this came from, from where the situation came from. So this art piece is was uh, produced by a guy named Carl Andre who has a history of bringing, um, of bringing in, you know, these minimalist art sculptures. Um, many of his works, which include uh, 40 Roaring 40, which is a bunch of, um, which is a bunch of clay stones that are just in the ground, surrounded by grass, which, you know, normally you just see, oh, that's just a sidewalk or somewhere to walk but it's actually in a museum that it's, it's a sculpture and, you know, it has meaning. Um, there's also another one called the lever, which is just 137 fire bricks laid in a single line. Um, so he does have a history of bringing, um, of bringing these, uh, 
bringing these minimalist designs into the world and calling it art. Um, and I think this stems from the fact that he worked as a train conductor for the Pennsylvania Railroad in the 1960s, which, if you know a lot about trains, you know that it's very much in a minimalist style. You know, you want to keep your, uh, you know, cost effective and also everything is standardized. So, you know, your tracks are, you know, one gauge. Um, all your trains are very uniform. They have a certain specific width, a, a specific length, you know, and they're all there to do just one job. And so it really, it, it makes everything very uniform and very minimalist. Um, you know, when you pass by another train or when you see bricks on the side of the road, it's very much in that orderly, um, in that orderly vein. And I think that's a lot of what, of why he produced this, um, produced the sculpture in such a minimalist fashion is because of the history that he has in the place that he worked. Um, and we also have to consider the place that this was displayed at. Um, if you look at the Tate Gallery, which this is, this is where this controversy stemmed from, um, not only it had this um, very, very public controversy that even got in the, uh, in the Times newspaper um, that they just called it a waste of money. You know, they, there was a very outroar and outcry about them just having, a pile, having this pile of bricks um, in display. And it, it seemed to upset a lot of people. Back in just the year before, um, they had an exhibition by Robert Morris called Body Space Motion Things that was closed after five days due to health concerns, health and safety concerns. So it seems like the state galleries really want to take risks in art and also push the innovation of art and make people think, what is art? Um, the, just like the case study is asking. And... I think that that's just one thing they really want to strive to be is to make people think, all right, is this actually art? You know, what are the boundaries of art and life? What is just regular mundane sidewalk or what is this sculpture? Yeah, I think it's super important when we're considering um, kind of the context of these, piece, of these pieces and um, whether or not like, we're gonna draw a definitive boundary and call it art or not. I think it's extremely important that we understand the history. And now that we've kind of had a rundown on the history, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about how we how we feel that um, the the artist's previous career kind of contributes to the development of a pile of bricks and its meaning. Uh, Hunter, I'll give you a break. Alex, maybe you tell us. Um, how you feel about that? Okay, so I think it ties into the fact that like his peers' career and his current career kind of like conflict with what you were assuming with like an artist to be. You talk about like a conductor, you talk about like the same banality of like his job. You know, you talk about how like he's the same thing every day, he does the same thing constantly. And you talk about like his newest art installation, which is like something that's like you perceive as like really boring. It's like it is minimalist, but it's pile bricks when we like look at it subjectively. And so I think when you talk about like art, you don't uh, I feel like it's okay the ideas of how like one person can only be an artist and one person can only, like do a blue like a, a job. But like they see with the guy being a train conductor and his like current like job is being an artist. And so like those ideas are like two things that like are separate can like kind of clash. But the reality is like 
art can do anything and art, anyone can be an artist. And so when you see Chin Conductor creating an art piece and like we've seen this conversation like still carried out like to this day, even though it is art piece like way back, it just shows how like everything's a, I don't know how to like tie this in, but like I'm saying how like you don't realize how like subjective things can be and how like even after a while it can still reverberate and how like it can still like have meaning to this day, even though it's just like something that's like subjectively just a pile of bricks, you know? I think it's more just us giving meaning to something other than like what it is. Definitely. Oh, definitely. I think that um I don't know. I, I think that again is one of those things where like I keep going back to the skill set that is so important to me. And I think that um, if he spent most of his life in this career as a train conductor, most of what he knows is um, the railroads, the trains, what it takes to build those things. That's his job. And moving into the space as an artist, I think that maybe that is him displaying um displaying all of this knowledge he has in very simple forms. Like um, maybe him lining those bricks up in a long line is him displaying what a train track looks to him, just endless, all of the same thing. So I think in that vein, that's where we can kind of draw the line that that is art. Whereas this random pile of bricks built by this uh, bricklayer's assistant is just random it doesn't it doesn't have a story it doesn't have meaning but will will the public just automatically get that when they see this in in the gallery hunter what do you think um yeah i think it definitely comes back to who your audience is um you know if the audience knows about uh mr andre and knows kind of his history and what he comes from and also it, if there's, you know, a description of kind of what his thought process is in making this, um, you know, if the audience just takes this as a random pile of bricks on the ground in an art museum, um, they're going to take it like how the New York Times did, where they complain and complain about wasting taxpayers' money on this just random pile of bricks that, you know, cost, you know, however much money they could have sold that spot to another artist. Um, but if they understand the meaning behind it and understand where the artist is coming from and then also use their own interpretation to it, then it's also, I would consider art. And maybe in that same vein of everybody being, you know, up in arms about it, maybe that's also art as well. That, that's true because it forces us um, to think, it forces us to go, outside of our normal boundaries of what we may or may not consider art because it is so mundane and basic and plenty of our buildings are built out of brick. So it, it definitely forces you to take a step back and look at things outside of your typical scope because we don't normally have to do that. So I think definitely that that adds a that adds a, a really nice layer to um, the sculpture. With that, um, are there any final thoughts? Has anyone reached like a definitive conclusion on how they feel about this prompt? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I think 
I don't think we can really be definitive about this assumption. I mean, not just like what we think, because like at the end of the day, it's just our opinion and how like art is subjective, our opinions are subjective. And so whatever opinion we have, it's gonna be correct to ourselves and to like in general to everyone else. To someone it could be a power bricks or someone else, it could be just someone's job. But I think the idea of it's like the intention, I think that that's the most important. If he didn't intend on it being art and the other person, the sculptor made it to be art, I think we have to look at it as that. I think Alex summed it up very well. And I think I'm changing my opinion. I, I definitely think that, um, <laughs> that um, while yes, it, from a subjective standpoint, depending on who you are, you may say that both of these things can be considered artwork. But I think that um, after going through and hearing what both of you have to say and kind of digging a little deeper into the history, I think I'm definitely changing my mind. I think that a pile of bricks can be artwork over another pile of bricks, definitely. Um, with that, I wanna thank you for joining us so much, Alex and Hunter, I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Art Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.